right, we're going to continue on a series that we began a while back called Overflowing Wealth. And I'm just giving you some principles from God's Word uh, and showing you that I believe He wants you to overflow with wealth for a purpose, for His purposes. Now, we looked at the principle of giving, and it actually took two weeks. But today, we're looking at a second principle of finance and wealth, and that is to be diligent and hard working. I'm going to give you a couple verses, and then I'm going to read a little bit of a story. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So God gives power to get wealth for a purpose, for his kingdom purpose. And John 10.10 says, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, I want you to understand something as we get into the message today. You're not going to be able to reach God's potential for you concerning wealth if you only practice one or some of the principles. They go together. They work together. And if you learn them and put them together, you will reach the potential God has for you. Okay? So you can't just look at one message and say, well, it didn't work. You've got to learn and practice God's principles. But let me read a story to you. And I've kind of adapted, condensed a story from a book called The Happiest People on Earth. I'm going to read a little bit to you. The news couldn't be worse. His father had taken the railroad job because he could find no other work. And now the very thing his mother had feared had happened. His father had been working laying track in the unbearable heat and he'd collapsed. And the wire they'd received said his body would be shipped back by train. Isaac was only 14 and now he was the head of the house. He would be responsible for looking after his mother and six sisters. It was 1906 and jobs were hard to find, especially for boys. You see, their family had come to Los Angeles from Armenia because of a prophetic vision that had been given by an 11-year-old boy. The boy who could not read or write and had never seen a geography book simply copied down letters and pictures he saw in the visions. The same boy, 50 years later, was telling those around him that it was time for the vision to take place and that people needed to leave. You see, the prophetic vision had warned of great persecution and death for the Christian Armenians and that they were to flee to another country. The prophecy said they were to go to the west coast of the United States and that God would bless and prosper them and that they would become a blessing to the nations. Isaac would never doubt God. His family and church were the most important thing to him. But right now, as a 14-year-old, he was not thinking of prosperity or visions. His father was gone, and he needed to go to work for his family to survive. Hard work. Working hard, according to Scripture, will cause you to prosper. Look at Proverbs 13 and verse 4. It says, lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. And Proverbs 14, 23 says, There is profit in hard work, but mere talk 
leads to poverty. Let me give you another verse really quick as we begin. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. It says, even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. So scripture very clearly says we need to work. Work is good for you and I. As a matter of fact, when God created Adam and Eve, he said he put them in the garden to work it. Work was not a part of the curse. Overworking and having nothing to show for it was a part of the curse. But work, it's good for us. And hard work will cause you to prosper. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28 says, If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. And then give generously to others in need. You see, God's word had an answer for the thief. It was, go to work. I don't remember or know if some of you heard of the bike thieves in town this year. They're uh, kind of famous on Facebook for a while. But anyhow, they were going around stealing people's bikes from the schools or wherever in broad daylight. And then they'd hide them somewhere and pick them up later, dumpsters or bushes or whatever. And uh, these guys worked hard to steal bikes. They had a plan. They even worked as a team. There's a couple of them. And they would then take the bikes in the dark. They'd take them in the bush and they'd change parts on bikes. And then they'd repaint them so people didn't know what they were. And we're not sure, but they may have been selling them out of town to somebody. But they were putting a lot of time and effort into stealing bikes. Like, get a job if you're going to work that hard. You know, quit stealing, get a job. I remember one day my wife and I were driving down 6th Avenue past the trailer court there. And this was back when there was construction and we're driving pretty slow. And all of a sudden this guy pulls out between the graders that were parked there pushing two bikes. And he's got a mask on. I'm like, tell my wife, is that the bike thief? Yeah, that's the bike thief. I just pushed down my window. Are you stealing those bikes? Boy, he just went like this and ducked his head and took off running. And we drove, we were around the block a couple times, but he had disappeared with the bikes. And uh, as we came back, we came around and we came up Main Street. And as we're coming up Main Street, my wife goes, look, look, there's a bike laying off the side of Main Street. She goes, that's so-and-so's bike. They posted on Facebook that their daughter's bike got stolen. So I pulled over real quick and I looked at her and I said, are you sure that's that lady's bike? Because I don't want people to think I'm the bike thief if I go pick it up. And uh, so she said, I'll call her and we, we'll just wait here. So we just parked there and waited. She gave the lady a call. She said, okay, yeah, I'll come. While we're waiting, here comes around the corner the bike thief with his partner, but he doesn't have his mask on now. They were coming to pick up the bike, which they probably had hidden and now thrown on the side of the road. I just gave him the meanest pastor look I could. Don't touch the bike. He recognized me as the guy who yelled out the window, and they turned the other way and left the bike alone. Thieves that had that much effort and time, just go to work. 
You won't end up going to jail. You won't have people mad at you. And you will be blessed. All right. If anybody here, maybe young or old, no stealing. If you've been young or old and you had a problem with stealing, it, stealing can be a little bit of an addiction. A little bit of a high because you got away with it. I'm going to tell you this. Get prayer for it. Just stop. Because it will hurt you in the long run. Go to work. Way better way to get stuff. All right, moving on. Proverbs 21.5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Good planning and hard work. All right, here's my second point about this principle of hard work. And it's something I don't want you to ever forget. Laziness is not okay with the Lord. Scripture has a lot to say about laziness. Look at someone and say, don't be lazy. Uh, maybe not, you know. What I mean. <laughs> they, might, they might take offense. Okay. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. Here in God's words, he's showing pretty clear, hey, I don't like lazy, but he's saying, just look at the ants. Nobody even bosses them around. But they work hard. And of course, in this scripture, he says they work hard and they know how to save. That's another area of finance that is important to understand. But we're not going there today. And Proverbs 10 and verse 4, laziness brings poverty, hard work makes one rich. A wise son harvests in the summer, a disgraceful son sleeps right through the harvest. Laziness is disgraceful according to the scripture. 1 Timothy 5 verse 8, says, if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Ouch. That's some tough words. Can I say something again? God doesn't like lazy. He didn't create us to be lazy. Hard work is prosperous. I remember one time, I don't know where or how many years ago, but this is a true story. I remember we were talking about healing. We were talking about how God heals people, and I've seen God heal people many times, and it's, it's amazing. And we uh, had this prayer time for a number of things, you know, healing or uh, you know, emotional things, whatever it was, and people came up for prayer. And I remember we got to this one gentleman to pray for him. He said, yeah, I want prayer for this. And then he said, but don't pray for my leg. I'm like, don't pray for your leg. Don't pray for this leg. And he had a cane. He's like, okay. Don't pray for this leg, he said, because I get a check for that every month. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, can I say something really clear? If God heals you, you can be far more prosperous by going to work than receiving a government check. Now, I'm thankful our government blesses and looks after people who can't look after themselves, that's amazing. But never say no to God if he wants to change that and take you forward into something greater. All right? Whew. Because he's not okay with lazy. I found that out. 
I grew up on a farm and dad taught us that hard work is good for you. And it was good for us. And if we didn't think it was good for us, we found out why it was hard work. And I'm so thankful that he taught us that because you do not accomplish things in life and you are going to struggle to serve the Lord if you don't understand the principle of hard work. You see, there's a parable, it's called the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 24. And Jesus is telling this story and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like when a master leaves and he gives his goods and his wealth to his servants and he says, when I return, uh, I'll come back for it. And he gives his wealth to three servants in this story and two of them do well and one of them doesn't and that's what I want to look at at this point because we're talking about not being lazy. Matthew 25, 24. The servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant, give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. That's not lazy, that's someone who works hard with what they're given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, that's a bad word. When God gives you something, it's so you can do something with it. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is hard. Jesus told these parables to teach lessons to those who were following him. In other words, he was telling his disciples and those who were following him, if you're going to follow me, expect to work hard. That's basically what he was saying. You want to serve God's kingdom? You can't be lazy. Expect to work hard. I know some people are like, pastors, they don't work very hard. They just drink coffee and talk about heaven to people, you know, all day long. <laughs> well, not exactly. I remember one of our district guys saying, hey, just so you know, if somebody's ever going to plant a church, a pastor's going to need to work 60 to 70 hours a week for at least two years if they want it to be successful. You're going to have to work. You want something to be successful? You will need to work at it. Ministry is no different. If you're thinking, I want to quit my job and go into ministry because it'll be easy, you'll fail. You will fail. And God is not looking for lazy people for ministry. This is a little bit ouch right now, isn't it? He is looking for people who know how to work. He's looking for people who have already proved themselves, who have already shown that they can do what it takes outside of ministry. Let me read a little bit more of our story and then we're going to continue. Isaac at 14 needs work to support his family. Isaac did find a job at a harness factory and he started to work right away. In a short amount of time, he acquired a cough that would not go away. 
You see, the dust in the harness factory was affecting his lungs, and the cough grew worse, even though he was now a manager and could occasionally be off the floor. His mother made him go see a doctor who told him plainly, if he did not quit the harness factory, he would not live out his teens. Full-time work in a factory as a teenager to support his family, and now the doctor says, you don't quit, you're going to die. He had no idea what to do. He needed to support the family. So he did what they always did in times of perplexity. He turned to the church. At church that Sunday, he walked to the front and he knelt on the rug. There in front of the ceremony table that they had with the Bible laying open. And he stated his need. You see, in the church that he came from, that's how they did it. And as he stated his need, there was a group of elders around him, and they prayed expecting that the Holy Spirit would show them a verse in the Bible that would speak to his need. One of the elders came up, flipped the Bible, and pointed at a verse for him. And the verse was this, Deuteronomy 28.3, Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. And verse 8, The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all that you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Isaac realized that morning at church that the only thing he'd ever wanted to do was to work with cows and fresh green things in the outdoors. He gave his notice And in two weeks, he was without a job. You see, we're talking about hard work and how important it is. But I need you also to understand that it is important, but it should be directed by the Lord. And it should be for Him. You see, when you work hard for the Lord and not for wealth, wealth will come. If you're putting all your time and effort just to make money so you can buy things, you're missing the point. Work hard for Him. Let me give you some scripture. Colossians 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, whether you work at a mill, whether you work at a pizza place, wherever you work, you could say, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. You work at a tail, you're a secretary, you're a salesperson. Do it for the Lord, and He will bless it. Proverbs 16, verse 3, Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. And 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You see, when we serve the Lord, we realize everything we have is from Him, and ultimately we are working for Him. I want to make that clear because sometimes people think working for the Lord is only ministry. No, working for the Lord is whatever He's placed you in. If you've prayed and you've asked Him about it and that's where He's told you to be, you're working for Him. Matthew 25 and verse 20, I want to go back to the story of the talents, but let me give you the two people who did it right. So the one who had received five talents came and brought five more 
talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. You see, these two servants took what was given to them and increased it. It's okay to increase what he's given you. It is not wrong for wealth to increase. But they were doing it for the Lord. They were doing it for him, understanding that it would be his when it was all said and done. So church, whatever he's given you to do, do it well and be happy to increase it. Because that is why they were called good and faithful servants. You see, God has not called any of us to just survive. He's not called any of us to just fill in the hours. I'm going to get there five minutes late and leave five minutes early. Hallelujah, I did it. (laughs) No. As believers, you are an example. And your work ethic and your ability to do things well reflects on who you serve. And people are watching. People are watching you. People watch pastors all the time. Did you know that? I have to be nice no matter where I go, except maybe to bike thieves, but everybody else. <laughs> Even when I go to the landfill, I was at the landfill on Saturday, and the guy, I know you. You're a reverend or something, aren't you? It's like, yeah. <laughs> they could be called that. Church, you too. Where are you? What are you doing? Are you representing him? Luke 16.10 says it really clear. Listen to this. If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Church, we're talking about the principle of working hard, not to serve money, but to serve the Lord. But when you work hard, it is a principle that you will prosper, or as one verse said, you will be rich. I want to look for just a second at the part where he was saying, hey, if you can't be faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with your own? And we talk about working hard. We talk about prospering. Maybe you're here today and you're like, boy, I would love to have my own business or I would love to be the boss and prosper. If you can't be under somebody, you will never be the boss. You're like, well, I can quit and be a boss. You can, but you probably won't have people work for you then. You'll be a single employee worker boss. But here's the problem. If you don't learn the principle of doing well with other people's things, God won't give you your own. If you're lazy at your work, he's not going to give you a business. 
If you're unfaithful or cheating or stealing, you will never be in a place where you can prosper greatly. It's important to know this. I hope we have young people here catching this. God has great things for your future. It starts now with an attitude of, I'm okay to work. Because if you can do it for others, God can see that you can do it for Him. If you decide, you know what, I want my own business because I don't like being under a boss. You know what happens? Instead of having one boss, everybody you work for is your boss. (gasps) I didn't think of that. (laughs) Well, if you want more work, if you want references... You're going to have to treat them better than you treated your boss. That's how it is. So just get over it. (laughs) Learn to be humble. Learn to say, okay. And I know I'm talking to a group of people who already understand that. So let God direct your steps in your life concerning work and business, making money, and serve Him, not money. Let me finish the story that I began about Isaac. Isaac no longer has a job, but he's allowed God to direct him. He already is the hardest working person I've seen, and he was only a teenager. But it says that in the story as I read it, it said, Isaac at once saw a need for fresh produce in the area. The produce available in the stores was small, pale-looking, and overpriced. He decided to begin a produce business where he would pick up fresh produce from nearby farms and sell it door to door. He bought a wagon and a two-year-old horse named Jack, and he began his new business. He would take a three-hour wagon ride to gather all the fresh produce, and then he would bring it back a three-hour trip and sell it door to door. His business was successful, and his dream became a dream to own land and his own dairy farm. In just over 10 years, Isaac was married, had a family, owned 200 acres of land and close to 500 dairy cows. He began from there to dream of owning the largest dairy in all of California. And if work was what it would take, then it was bound to happen because Isaac knew how to work and he knew how to make sure everyone around him worked too. You see, hard work and following God's direction will see you prosper. It can't not. I want to say this today. If you're here and you work hard and it feels like you never have enough, you never barely make it from month to month, it means you figured out the principle of hard work, but there's some other principles that we're going to talk about that you haven't figured out. You're like, for sure? For sure. Some of those other principles are uh, gaining wisdom about finance. And another one of those principles is not being greedy. But if you are just working hard and there's never enough, you've got the work hard principle. Don't quit. But you also need to practice some of the others. The principle of giving, the principle of gaining wisdom, and the principle of not being greedy. We're going to get into some of those others in the next few weeks. Isaac knew how to work and get others to work with him. I have found something out. If you work hard, the people with you also like to work hard. Did you notice that? Hard workers attract other hard workers. But I mean, that's kind of obvious. Hard workers are not going to attract lazy people because right away they're going to be like, I don't want to work with him. They're just too hard. Or they work with you one day and then they quit. 
Isaac with his son didn't just have the largest dairy farm in California, but he ended up building the largest dairy farm independently owned in the entire world. Church from a harness factory to the largest dairy in the world. But it didn't stop there. You see, the vision that he was not even thinking about at 14 was a vision that those families that moved would bless, not only they would be blessed, that they would bless the world. And Isaac's son, Demas, who was a part of the wealthy business, wanted to bless people as well, and they started an organization called Full Gospel Businessmen that went around the world to every nation of the world, seeing people healed, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and seeing business people come alive in their faith. Because truly, if you are willing to listen to the Lord and work hard, the sky's the limit. I want to give a little word of caution. If you are here today and you don't like hard work, do not start a business. Just don't. The dream of it, you're missing the point. But if you feel God calling you to it and you already know how to work hard, you can't fail. So, Seriously, I can't fail. If God's directing and you're not afraid of hard work, you can't fail. God doesn't lead people to fail. Well, what if I mess up? I got good news. He'll say, here's how to get out of it. <laughs> because he's that good. You see, Isaac would encourage his son, you go wherever God's telling you to go. And he'd tell him this, he'd say, go, I'll stay here and look after the business. And Isaac knew how to look after the business. One morning, Isaac said to Demas, you go, I'll look after the business. And that afternoon, he fell asleep at his desk where he was working on the business. And he entered heaven. And I can guarantee you when he entered those gates of heaven, the Lord was there saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Church, to be a good and faithful servant, you cannot be afraid of hard work. Okay, I'm going to quickly pray for the rest of you, just right where you are, uh, kind of pray God's passion and desire on you. Okay, so let's do that. Just bow with me. Lord, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you for each of them here. Lord, I sense in my spirit that they all know how to work hard. And Lord, for anyone who's maybe here today feeling, oh, maybe I'm lazy, I just pray, Lord, that you stir their hearts, that you break off the stuff that holds them back, and that they would be able and willing to step up with whatever it is you've given them to do. And Lord, for the one that's weary, I just command weariness and heaviness to leave now. You see, weariness can get in the heart. Heaviness can get in the heart, and the only cure for it is prayer. So I command healing to that weary heart right now. I say let life surge and flow through them again, that they can work with joy and passion. Because God wants you to enjoy the fruit of your labor. He wants you to enjoy where he puts you to work. So Lord, I say let joy come back. We declare it in Jesus' name. Amen.